Hello and welcome back to the podcast. The Sermon on the Mount represents one of Jesus' most powerful and probably influential blocks of teaching that still challenges the reader just as much today as it would have 2,000 years ago. So we're going to take the next several weeks to methodically unpack Jesus' teachings in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and we'd like to invite you to join us on that journey. If you have any more questions about the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org. And you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome once again to our podcast. My name is Jeremy, and as usual, I'm here with John, and we've been working our way over the last several weeks through Matthew's five, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, what we commonly refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. We're kind of towards the very end, or really close to the very end of Matthew chapter 5. Uh, we've been in it several weeks, and so we're going to be studying today from verses 33 through verse 42. So we'll read that together here in just a moment, but before we do that, we'll throw it over to John. He's going to help us kind of build some context a little bit to bring us up to date on uh, on where we are, what we've talked about, where we've been, and then we'll uh, we'll be ready to move ahead for our study for today. Well, I think, you know, big picture, every time we begin one of these episodes, we just have to keep in context the, the reality that Everything that Jesus is saying here is all happening in one setting in a very condensed time frame. And so again, we're breaking this up over several weeks, and and so it's it's easy for us to lose sight of that. So just remember that as we're reading this. But then also, as we began talking a couple weeks ago about this section that kind of begins in verse 21, where Jesus will begin using that phrase, you have heard that it was said, but then he's going to uh, add on to some things that they had already began to form opinions about. Really, what that stems from is what he says in verse number 20. And so it's important to keep that in mind, uh, especially still today as we go through uh, the section that we're going to study. Jesus is challenging them to rethink the standard of righteousness that they have held themselves to. The, the Pharisees, the scribes, they have created a standard of righteousness based on themselves, largely the customs that they have created around the law, and that is who and what the people have largely looked to. And Jesus is trying to refocus them and help them see, number one, what the law was truly intended to do in the first place, and then secondly, asking them, to, to take a moment and look inward and look at their heart and think about how they view the relationships that they have with one another and the reasons behind some of the decisions that they make or some of the things that they don't choose to do. Don't just look at it as that checkbox mentality, but, but really look at the heart. And that's what God wants. That's what Jesus wants. And so he's challenging those who are sitting there listening to him. He's challenging us today. Uh, to look inward and, and really, really get a clearer picture of our heart as it pertains to our relationship with God and our relationship to each other. Yeah, you've, you've used real, uh, one really important word that I think it really uh, tells the tale for the entirety of this sermon. I mean, really all three chapters, and that's that word, think. That you know what Jesus is trying to do here is not necessarily focus in on uh, you know getting uh, folks then and today, certainly, to do different, 
but to think different. Right. And, and that ultimately is where the challenge lies. I mean, sometimes it's very easy for me to do something different if I don't necessarily think about it, yeah. you know. Yeah. But Jesus isn't interested in the doing part. The doing part will follow the thinking part. He's mm-hmm. interested in the thinking part. And so in a lot of ways, that's what makes this a challenge, right? Because he wants them to be thinking different. And that really is the, kind of in that phrase that we've, uh, as you made mention, we've seen over the last couple of weeks that you, you've, you've heard it said this, you've been doing this, but now I'm going to ask you to think this. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue to see that today. We're going to read verses 33 through 42 kind of gives us two different things to think about and, and to talk about. We'll read this whole text together, and, and then we'll kind of go back and look at these things one at a time. But you're going to see that very similar phraseology that we talked about last week and the week even before that and the week even to come. You'll continue to see that. So let's follow along, if you can, Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 33. Again, Jesus, he says, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. All right, so there's really a couple of different things here that we can spend some time talking about. We'll start kind of at the beginning. I do think it's interesting, and we'll get to it here in just a moment. This second section, really beginning in verses 38 through 42, we've talked about how shocking you know some of the things that Jesus would have to say, mm-hmm. and he's already said several of those things. But to me, in a lot of ways, uh, the entirety of the chapter, that, that would have been the most shocking, yeah. what he has yeah. to say, kind of leading into what we'll talk about next week about our relationship with our enemies and those who do w- ill against us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it is a shocking piece of uh, teaching that he throws out there. But he, he begins in really verses 33 through 37, and he's going to hone down in a very simple kind of way uh, about the integrity of uh, of our hearts. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, that it, it is either you have integrity or you don't, right? right? Yeah. You tell the truth or you don't. Yep. And, and he really almost differently than what we've seen before. He simplifies in a lot of ways that idea. Yeah, one of the things that you mentioned there, I think we, is really an important word to remember, is integrity. And that, when you read through this, it's easy to focus in on or have the conversation of, well, okay, you know, you shouldn't swear, don't don't make promises, and and there's there's value in those discussions. I mean, I don't want to say otherwise. However, there's only value in those discussions if you begin that conversation with the idea of integrity. That's that's what the law was intended to do. It's intended to to remind us to be men and women of our word, 
to do what we say that we're going to do and, and to not to not go back on our word when we've given it to someone else. Be people of integrity. That That's what the law was intended to do. Now, they have taken that, as they've done with many other things, and they've perverted that. They've created customs around that. There have been a lot of do's and don'ts created around that idea. And what Jesus is trying to help them realize is that what I am after are people of integrity. Be be men and women of your word. Be people that, that can be trusted and, and counted on, that you don't have to go through some elaborate promise or oath in order to get someone to take you seriously. If you say yes, then someone is going to take you seriously because they know you are a person of your word. And if you say no, the same. And so the the idea of of focusing in on that, I think is so important. And it's something we've kind of tried to bring up several times as we've gone throughout this section of the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus was talking about murder, he wasn't trying to change the legalities around murder. He's not trying to change the legalities around adultery. That's not the intent behind any of these things. What he's wanting us to do is to look at the heart, and he wants us to be people of integrity. He wants us to be people of our word, people who are honest, people who can be taken seriously. Those, those are the types of people that reflect a relationship with God. Those are the kinds of people who are clearly trying to be more like Jesus, more like God, because we know God to be someone of his word. What he says he will do, he does. He always has and always will, and we can have confidence in that. And Jesus wants us to be the same type of people, that others can have confidence in what we say. Yeah, what it seems here, and I think this really kind of you know moves into some easy application for us, is it, it seems as if you know, during this time that there were different traditions or certainly mm-hmm. different customs involved with you know, telling the truth or taking an oath or making a promise— that you know, there's going to be justifications for uh, not having to do that, or circumstances, if you will, and, and we can look at that and we can talk about how that was their culture or that was their customs. But you know, you think about it, you know, in our culture and our customs, and probably it's been this way for all of time, is when it comes to our word and, and promises made and just the simple, the simplicity of truth telling. We've been circumstantial about that. That's what man it does all the time, and, and we do that, right? I mean, we, we do that. It is, you know, how many different definitions are there for a lie, right? <laughs> I mean, there, there are lies that you should never tell and that society says that you should never tell, but yet there are a lot of other times where society will say it's okay not to tell the truth here mm-hmm. because the circumstance calls for that. And so when we begin to think that way, Jesus is simplifying all of those things. And that's why you have really the power in a verse like verse 37 where he says, hey, let your yes be yes and your no, no, for whatever is more than that is from the evil one. If you're adding anything, no, but, or yes, but, or you're in your mind, you know, going through the, you know, the justification process of the circumstance, you know, Jesus is making the point here, the, my disciples, followers of mine, citizens of, uh, of my kingdom, 
are going to be people of integrity, are going to be people that are true in the way that they operate and in the way that they speak. And and there's no justification for it. There's no circumstance that calls for anything different. Jesus boils it down in a very simplistic way, really, to think about it. I I like that. The the simplicity of that can't be overlooked. And I really think, as you were talking, it, it just made me think back over what we've studied over the past several weeks and I think Jesus is, in essence, trying to simplify things for us. He is looking at the religious leaders of the day who have convoluted the law and made it into something that is complicated and difficult to understand. And Jesus wants us to realize that at the end of the day, what God wants from us is actually quite simple. Right. Don't hate people. <laughs> Don't. Oh, when you when you make a vow in marriage, you take that seriously and you oh, retain I... that marriage relationship. When it comes to your word, be a person of honesty and integrity. There's so many convoluted uh, constructs that the Pharisees have built around the law that it's become so difficult to understand. And Jesus is like, I'm just wanting to simplify this for you. And that's really in the the next section that we go into that you read. Same thing. You know, when it comes to an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and this, you know, back and forth, what what Jesus says is, and he's going to, we're going to talk about this some next week, is I just want you to love people and I want you to simplify the relationships that you have with one another. Let God take care of the justice part of it. Let God take care of that. That's not that's not something you need to worry yourself with. And so there is a sense in which this entire, really the entire sermon in, in, in many senses, but specifically the section that we're in now, is Jesus trying to simplify things for us. And it's it's something that we should be able to read and actually take great comfort in, knowing that I don't have to wade through all of the nuances of the customs and traditions of the law, Jesus has actually made this very simple for me, the way that God intended for it to be from the very beginning, that he wants us to be people of high moral standards. He wants us to be people of honesty and sincerity and love. These are not complicated things. This is just who God wants us to be. And Jesus, I think, is trying to remind us and get us back to that basic understanding of who God wants us to be. Well, I mean, it's certainly a well-known conversation that Jesus has with the, you know, the religious leaders at the time when they're, they think that they're going to trap him in some way of, you know, asking him, you know, what, what is the, you know, the greatest command? What is the most important command that there is? And uh, what all Jesus does is simplify, literally simplifies the entirety of the law, right? When he says, hey, you love God with everything that you have, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And then he adds on to that on these two things, two, two things, hang all of the law and the prophets. And so he is most certainly simplifying there. And what he's doing here in this section that we've read from 33 through 37, and really even from 38 through 42, is that's what he's doing. You don't have to dissect every circumstance. You don't have to dissect or you know try to figure out all of the parties involved and what their intentions may be, or even what they did or didn't do. He says when it comes to uh, the truth, you tell the truth. You be a person of integrity. When it comes to treating people with respect, you do that. Yep. And, and and he he takes the circumstance. I mean, you, you come down to you know verses thirty eight through forty two, and 
you know, you have this, uh, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Um, I mean, that, that's the, the world standard, you know, in a lot of ways. But think about all the work that it takes to do that. Yep. You've you got to analyze a circumstance and the situation, and you've got to be thinking about what did or didn't happen to you and what was said or what wasn't said to you. You've got to then be thinking about the other person mm-hmm. and what they said or what they did or what they were thinking or not thinking, uh, how much love in the past that they've shown to you yeah. or how much love or, or disdain that they'll show to you in the present or in the future, and you've got to work through, you know, all of those things. And Jesus just said, hey, how about we just love people? Yeah. Just love people. And if somebody smacks you in the cheek, you don't have to analyze that circumstance. If somebody wants to take something from you, you don't have to overthink about you know that. You, you love that person, and you continue to love that person. If somebody, you know, compels you to carry something for them, just you know, you love them, carry it further. And, and it is, it, to me, these specifics that he gives in 38 through 42 w- would have been a shocking thing to hear mm-hmm. because this is so anti, not just their culture. I mean, it's it's anti-culture here in 2023. <laughs> but it, it is the simplified thing. I don't have to analyze anything. Mm-hmm. I just love people. Yeah, you mentioned that this is a, just a problem today, as big a problem today as it was then. We we are a society that likes to keep score. You know, you did something to me, so I owe you one, and I'm going to get you back for what you did to me. That You know, that's something that's ingrained in our minds if, if we're not careful. We allow it to be ingrained in our minds. And Jesus is saying, don't don't keep score. If you get taken advantage of, so be it. That that's not that's not what life is all about. You can con, you you can be consumed with keeping score between one another, but what is freeing is just simply allowing those things to roll off your back and to show love and respect and kindness to someone. That's freeing because then you're not worried about what they do next. You're not worried about keeping score. You know you're not worried about how you've been treated. You're now just looking at that person with love. And, and it is so, uh, it seems so foundational and so simple when you say it that way, but yet it's so profound at the same time because that is just simply not how society typically works. And, and Jesus, we've mentioned this from the very outset, uh, that a lot of what Jesus has to say, not just in the Sermon on the Mount, but in his ministry in general, is very countercultural. And and it's interesting to see just how relatable that is to our culture today, as it would have been two thousand years ago. That things haven't really changed that much, and and what he has to say is is just as countercultural today as it would have been then. But but especially you know these these two in particular, I think you're right on the money that they would have been very upsetting for a lot of people to hear. Because letting go of past wrongs and just showing love or, or simply taking someone at their word, that can sometimes put you in a little bit of a vulnerable situation. And Jesus is saying that's okay. Uh, he wants us to be uh, hearts wide open to those around us and to show that love and respect regardless of whether or not that means we're taking advantage of it time to time. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and we've made mention of this over the last couple of weeks a, a couple of times, that, you know, in each and every one of these, it, it certainly is Jesus letting us know that, listen, let's let's think about this in a little bit different way, 
But yet each and every time you really start to think about it and you start to realize that thinking this way is what's best for us anyway. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it is the best thing for life. It is the most freeing. I like that you know, phrase that you made reference to. It is something that is for the better for us. I mean, you could go back over the last couple of weeks and you know, and the simple reality is, listen, if I have a hold of my anger, if I control my anger, is that going to have an impact on whether I'm murdering people? For sure it is. Yeah. But think about all the other areas of my life that that's going to have mm-hmm. an impact on. Right. If I don't lust, is that going to have an impact on my marriage and whether I commit adultery or not? Most certainly it is. Mm-hmm. But think about all of the other areas of my marriage that that's going to impact. You know, it, it, we start to think about Jesus as letting us know that, listen, if we get a hold of the way that we think, it's better for us all around, certainly in these specific areas for sure, but there are countless other areas that this will have an impact on. And most certainly with these of just being a person of integrity, it's going to have a, a, certainly an impact on the, the promises that I make, but it's going to have an impact on my reputation and what mm-hmm. people think about me mm-hmm. and you know the power of my word and, and then the conversations that I'm apt to have with people. And, and then even right here, the impact that that's going to have when other people see that. We've already talked about the impact of us lifting Christ up, that it, you know, of shining that light, you know, the impact that it can have on the people around us. You think about somebody that steals from you and you continue to love them, or someone who slaps you and you continue to love them, or someone who forces you to carry something for them and you carry something else for them. I mean, the impact on, of all of this mm-hmm. is, is for the better. And I think in a lot of ways, that's the direction Jesus wants us to be thinking. Yeah, and just real quick before we stop, you know, you think about how the sermon ends um, at the end of Matthew chapter 7. Everybody is astonished at what they've heard because of the authority with which he taught. And I think when you, you keep that in mind and then you think about Jesus teaching these principles of integrity and high moral standards and doing so with a level of authority, this is something that he was convinced of, and and he needed this message to be heard by those around him, and he needs it to be heard in the world today. And so it's important that we read it with the, the mindset of this being taught from a position of authority, and then us realizing just how important it is to continue to take this message into the world today. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, we'll go ahead and stop here uh, with the plans of uh, continuing our study next week, where we'll finish uh, chapter 5 and, and really... We'll move into a section beginning there in verse 43 that he'll reiterate, kind of go into a little bit more this last section that we've talked about. And you want to talk about something shocking coming out of the mouth, most certainly uh, with regards to how we treat our enemies uh, will certainly be that. So look forward to that study. Hopefully you can be back with us next week.